everyone, and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, episode number 32, I think, maybe, probably, it's Masters of the Universe. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And as ever, we are joined by our music producer and friend, Austin Ray. Hello, Austin. Hello, everyone. Hello. Oh, that's very, very delightful, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so if you've never heard this show before, basically, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There'll also be lots of uh, biffy songs, uh, some biffy impressions, uh, some biffy dialogue between four friends, and uh, a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans. But before we do that, we're going to uh, have one of our regular segments of the show, which is the news. So hang on, right? Uh, this is something special we're going to try out this week. Captain Dave and Ozzy, are you ready? <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, 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 I think so. Okay, after three... Right, this might not work, but... Three, two, one, go! Yeah, that's it. Did that, I mean, did that work, Gav? You, Can I just you, kind of sustain? <laughs> that was it, yeah, that was it. <laughs> So did anyone know what that was? A god-awful mess of some description. Exactly! <laughs> it was a description of Masters of the Universe. Uh. <laughs> no, no, so, no, so what that was is the uh, sound of the key. <laughs> Remember when they activate the key, they make oh, so, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that. Was, that was that. It makes a da-da-da-da, and then there's like an organ that goes ooh, over it, and then there's like a, well, maybe not like the, the bongos uh, or the congas or whatever. Um, I think it's more like a wind chime sound, but we couldn't find that on an app version, so we had to use <laughs> percussive instruments. Anyway, right, um, so what we do in this segment is we each go around and we talk about a newsworthy item or topic that has happened this week. So without further hesitation alex what is your piece of news for the week uh my piece of news is that there's a film that's just come out called a uh, landscape of lies um and it's actually it's quite a funny story the way it got made uh, it was actually began life as a plan to defraud the taxpayer uh, taxpayer so people made it in fact well no sorry they didn't make it basically uh some crooks tried to just say that they'd made a film and they said they put in a tax relief claim to the tax office for saying it took cost them 20 million to make and they got 3 million back and they they, they, they were laughing I'd made a film until finally the tax man said by the way can we see the film so they, <laughs> so they shat themselves and they had to uh, throw some stuff together and they got some like C-list actors and they just cobbled together a really cheap gangster flick which has got one star and I actually cannot wait to see it. It's got, I think, Gianni from EastEnders, and it's got some different people in it. And in fair, fair play to them, you know, it sounds like they're actually doing their best and, you know, trying to do a, a good film. They didn't know themselves. But, uh, yeah, apparently the guy who was trying to do, do it uh, hastily put together 84 grand to to basically just make a film. It's got Loose Women's Andrea McLean in it. And it's uh, called a gritty, a gritty crime th- thriller set in a seedy world of power, lies, and betrayal. And partly, I just can't wait to go and see it. And it's called Landscape of Lies. Landscape of Lies, That yeah. should have been a dead giveaway <laughs> from the start. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like the tax avoidance movie. It's like, wait a minute. Exactly, yeah. How, how knowing. Oh, yeah, we'll call it Landscape of Lies. They'll never know. If it's Landscape of Lies, it's well, not I mean, a Landscape of Lies, by any chances. It's it? so ballsy that you think they probably thought they'd get away with it, but, yeah. Well, it's funny, but... They, 
it, it, it actually can't even speak. It actually isn't the first time that's actually happened. Really? Yep. No, the first time it happened was in 1987 when um, they said that they were going to make a movie based on the toy He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Two digs already. Yeah, okay, so Joel, what is your piece of news for the week? <laughs> yeah, fucking get my news. <laughs> Uh, so my news was Empire just released a, a poll for the the greatest movie villains, and I thought some of them were a little bit strange. But um, so we start off um, at number seven. There's Kylo Ren, which I thought is is all right. To be fair, I thought Kylo Ren apparently of, of all time is of this all time. of all time. Yeah, yeah apparently he's yeah. become uh, like a, a very kind of popular villain. But then, where are we? The, the kind of ones above Kylo Ren are a little bit weird. I mean, Darth Vader, you can't really argue with that. Uh, there's Heath Ledger's Joker, which is all right. But then we've got a few weird ones. We've got Loki yeah. uh, no. from the from the Marvel no. Cinematic no. Universe. Um, Hans Gruber, that okay. one's all right. Yeah. Hannibal Lecter, that one's fine. Yeah. Um, then we've got Hans Lander, who is pretty oh, glorious shit. Bastards. bastards. Yeah. yeah, come on. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then we've got Anton. I'm not sure how to pronounce his second name. Like Chigger. He's the guy from uh, No, no Country, Country for Old Men. Mm. Oh, really? Um, yeah, Vol- I'm not so sure about that. Voldemort and the aliens Xenomorph. So a few of them are, are a little bit weird. What about, you know, like your classics, like Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees? There's absolutely Myers. no mention of them. Robert Mitchum from Cape Fear. Yeah. yeah. That, that'd be a classic Or Robert Mitchum from Night of the Hunter. Or just yeah. Robert Mitchum. Robert Mitchum basically <laughs> in every film, is it? Night of the Hunter. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Terrifying, that, wasn't it? It's too much. Yeah. Kids but, these days with the Kylo Ren's <laughs> and the Hans They do not know they were born, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when Robert Mitchum took his top off, people were genuinely terrified. People screamed. So, I don't understand the list then is it um um, what is when you say popular villains do you mean like um anti-heroes essentially so well it doesn't say it just says greatest movie villain so it doesn't say what is essentially accounted as a villain but it was uh, as voted for by readers of empire which is you know a pretty respectable magazine i would uh, hans grub is the only one i would say deserves to be in that list i'd say vader you can't argue yeah vader Vader, yeah no yeah Yeah. humble lecter there's i think there's a few in there to say (laughs) (laughs) 50 percent of the list my, my, my first sentence was incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> but where are the Bond villains in this? Where's Goldfinger? You yeah, know, where's our job? It's a bit yeah. harsh. Yeah, well, so um, I, I, I'm thinking that do they do this every year? Because I seem to remember reading something very Probably similar. Not every year, but maybe every now and then. All right, okay. Well, right. Well, I'll shut up there. Okay, so uh, moving on to Dave's piece of news for the week, and I believe it is my piece of news as well. So uh, why don't we do it together, Dave? Yeah, it's a good job we checked, and it's, <laughs> we're sharing the Razzie nominations essentially, which just came out this week. Um, and yeah, a lot of people are surprised that uh, some of the worst films of 2017 have escaped the scourge of the Razzies, essentially. Uh, the Snowman, Michael Fassbender movie based on a Joe Nesbo book, uh, got 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Didn't get a Razzie nomination, it's got away with it. Got away with the skin of its teeth, but plenty of terrible films from last year were not so lucky. Uh, the Emoji movie. I believe it's oh, got a I've few nominations. Oh, insanely, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's so cynical. With like uh, targeting children to get them to buy apps and all that sort of thing. It's yeah, I, I can believe it. Uh, the Mummy. Oh, is, yeah. is, has made that. That um, was my worst film of the year. Really? So I'm glad that has got a lot of nominations, and I'm very glad because it was a very, very, very cash and grab shit film. It was beaten though by uh, Transformers: The Last Night, which has <laughs> taken home the most 
Razzie nominations. Oh, oh my word. But, but yeah, it's an issue. Gav, you want to take over any of this? Have you got any thoughts on the Razzie list? Well, I stopped watching Transformers after the very first one. Um, that horrible... Oh, you were so hurt. I remember when we came out of the cinema, you were so upset. I, that's, I was just so upset. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly knocked my headphones off. Um, yeah, I, I think that began like a 24-hour binge that we we went on there. Oh, yeah. um, good good <laughs> to times. To make you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> it just didn't created a bigger void, to be honest. Um yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's there's a few surprising ones there, to be honest. Um, so, a film that has got a lot of uh, nominations is Mother. Mm-hmm. So, it has a nomination for Worst Actress in uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Worst Director in Darren Aronofsky, and Worst Supporting Actor in Javier Bardem. So, um, triple threat, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't see it myself um, because none of you shitbags would go and watch it with me, <laughs> but I heard that it was all right from the people that saw I, it. I heard Divisive, quite Marmite, you either loved it or absolutely hated it, mm. is what I heard. I haven't seen it myself, so I actually don't know. I, mean, I want to see it now. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather watch that than Transformers. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the worst actor list is uh, sort of like who's who of... Um, early noughties stars I think uh, Tom Cruise um, Johnny Depp Zac Efron and Mark Wahlberg nice. do you know who I think should be on the list I think uh, Casey Affleck for A Ghost Story I think A Ghost Story should have been given all the Razzie nominations to be honest because that was honestly one of the worst films I've ever seen I wouldn't even say just for last year it was so shockingly awful really yeah really like very pretentious and I and I don't I use that word like not often but in the sense of it had absolutely no substance to it and for an, like an hour and a half it was just Casey Affleck in a in a robe pretending just to be a ghost on his head. just a sheet on his head stood in the middle of corners and I, I read all of these reviews that were saying it's incredible how much he can, how much like empathy and pathos he can, can convey between, beneath that sheet and I just haven't been able to believe my eyes about it has anyone else seen a ghost story? no I saw the cover and I just thought no, no. I thought it'd be an interesting idea, but honestly, I'd, I'd really love one of you to have watched it because I just hated it. Well, you've sold it so well. <laughs> I've seen people with sheets over their heads uh, pretending to be ghosts. So I suppose if you've seen that once, <laughs> you've, you've got it. You've yeah. seen it before. Have you ever watched someone for I think five minutes, and I mean five minutes in real time, eat a chocolate cake? Um, just before, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Seen uh, Matilda. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't sound great. Uh, I, and Bright missed out as well. That was uh, quite critically um, planned. It wasn't a cinematic thing. release, though, was it? It was just true, uh, true. just released uh, for TV, like well, Netflix streaming service. So maybe that was exempt. Oh, you've got me there. It also wasn't that bad, I didn't think. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, were you <laughs> no. here for the masturbate? No, no, I missed so, that Sorry, one. my enunciation was incorrect there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that brings an end to oh, the, the debate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, oh, uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I'm gone. Um. I decided to sack off the rest of the garbage <laughs> that went along with it. Okay, uh, so as I said earlier, uh, this is Films on Trial, and today uh, we are putting uh, Masters of the Universe on trial. <laughs> so this is a, this is another film that has been in the hat for a long time. So as I said earlier, if you've never listened to this podcast before, basically we put a film and we put it on trial. Um, this is a film that's been suggested to us by one of our friends, and uh, we pulled it out of the hat at random, and we also pulled the roles out of the hat at random. So this week, acting as the 
prosecution is going to be me <laughs> and acting as the defense is going to be Joel. Oh, sorry. Sorry, mum. Uh, so Joel's job is to try and put the film on the hit list. And my job is to try, try and condemn it to the shit list. Uh, there's also going to be Dave as the character witness, who's going to give some genuine opinion to throw a bit of weight behind either side of the argument. And then there is the role of the judge who will be played by Alex. And his role is to listen to both arguments. I mean, you probably don't have to, but you can listen to Joel's if you want. You're, you're not helping your argument at all. Here. I'm, I'm, you're making me want to do anything you're not on the side of basically. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll play. I'll play nice. Okay, so uh, Alex's role is to listen to both arguments and then decide which list the film should be placed on based on the arguments and not his own opinion. So, without further hesitation, I think I should give a bit of a. Um, bit of an insight, a bit of an overview of what the film is about. So I will read out the synopsis and uh, I'm going to pick my own um, impression this week. I know, guys, you probably wanted me to go for Dolph Lundgren. Yes, I was going to say that. I was going to opt for the little dwarf. Yeah, I wanted Billy Barty out. (laughs) I know, I've decided to go for cartoon Skeletor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you ready? The heroic warrior He-Man battles against Lord Skeletor and his armies of darkness for control of Castle Greyskull. You pretty much did get the little dwarf head, right? So, uh, so yeah, well, I just figured that, you know, we're probably going to review another Dolph Lundgren movie at some point. And I'll never Save get the that. chance. <laughs> okay, right. So, uh, without further hesitation, I'm going to pass it over to Alex, who's going to kickstart things. Okay, uh, quite looking forward to this one, especially after last week and Super Mario Brothers, where, you know, it seems like roles have been reversed a bit this time. So, uh, I'm going to ask um, Defence, if you would go first, please, uh, to defend He-Man Masters no, of Universe. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's a nice film, it's- Go and watch it. <laughs> okay, uh, Gavin. I am stumped. Uh, no, so, I mean, Masters, I, I had a bit of a tough task, which is pretty obvious, but I do, I always like to do a little bit of um, you know background research, and apparently this holds the distinction of being the first live-action film created from a toy line. So it's a film basically built solely on selling toys. And to be honest, it's it's not a good film. Um, but very often, you know, kind of bad films from the 80s, they've got this kind of, uh, this the way they're executed in the sense of enthusiasm um, and overall good nature to them that makes them kind of endearing. In a way, modern bad movies just really aren't. You know, you think of things like Suicide Squad, it's, it's not funny, you know, it, it's not even entertaining in any way, it's just painful to watch it. Whereas this, it is bad, but it is entertaining at the same time. You know, if you have a few beers and you sit down, like with your mates or whatever, then you can you, you you can find some joy out of this film. You know, there's loads of '80s nostalgia in there. It has got certain bits of charm in there as well, especially you know if you grew up with this film. And I know a lot of us did watch this as as kids, um, and I enjoyed it as a kid, and I, I I had you know kind of fond memories of it. And if you sit there and you dissect it, you know, kind of like in a critical way, then obviously it's just going to be shit. But if you look at it like for what it's made for, which is the the kids that love T-Man, that that, that love like the action figures and you know all that type of thing, then there is there's a certain sense of charm in there, and it was uh, kind of a, a reasonably well crafted hybrid of some of the kind of science fiction films of that decade, like Star Wars and Back to the Future, <laughs> um, Blade Runner, and all that type of thing. It takes no, no it takes all, all those kind of influences in into it. 
and it, it's not, it doesn't cover any new ground whatsoever. But to be honest, like they do a reasonably good job of fleshing out like cartoon characters. I mean, the kind of like Super Mario. There was no real kind of you know plot or, or anything to go off. I mean, yeah, there was the cartoon, but they couldn't really make a film out of that. So I mean, they they just picked it out of thin air. To be honest. Um, and you can kind of credit the filmmakers in a certain aspect in that they kind of were limited in the fact that they had a really low budget and they decided to, to um, you know, make a space epic, which was 80% on Earth. Um, so that was kind of a, a weird twist to it. Uh, and it, it is very predictable. But there are kind of these subplots, sub, subplots, sorry, which inject a little bit of kind of visual wit into the movie. Like, there's all these kind of weird scenes where, um, like, Gwildory commandeers like this old Cadillac and he turns it into like a spaceship. And Skeletor, he's got like all these weird um, kind of turbocharged entrances and all this type of stuff. And um, <clears throat> there really isn't a lot to the film, to be honest. You don't watch it and, and you know, kind of go norm over the plot or anything like that but there is a kind of entertainment factor there all the same and even though there's a shit ton of issues uh it's like some of the set designs are pretty eye-catching uh what little we see of them like skeletor's throne room is a genuinely good set um some of the special effects are, are still pretty good although they don't hold up that great but it has got some absolutely hilarious lines this is one of those films that like, it, it's not meant to be funny. Like, they never made it to be funny, but it is, like, genuinely funny. Like, there's, um, there's a scene where, I can't remember who says it, but he says, you dare threaten her life. And then uh, Skeletor <laughs> says, I dare anything. I am Skeletor. And it, it, it's, a, it's a pretty funny scene. Um, it, like I say, it's just, a, it's just a fun film. Like, the, the score by Bill Conti is good. You know, that's probably one of the best thing, best things about it. It's a massively low-budget film, like I said. So, honestly, balls to the people who hate the film. I've got, like, pretty fond memories of this film as a kid. And like I said, if you sit there now and watch it for the first time, you're going to see it for what it is, which is a big pile of shit. But if you, if you remember it, like, when you were little, when you sat there, you know, when you are six or when you were seven or whatever and you grew up loving He-Man, then it is, you know, it's not considered uh, a you know, many people's guilty pleasure and a cult classic for nothing. And it, it pretty much has got that status. I would say it's not the worst way to spend two hours. Um, and that's all I could kind of pick. Okay. Uh, what would be the worst way to spend two hours? <laughs> um, Super Mario. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so Gav, uh, my favorite bit is balls to you. From balls uh, to the people. Balls I think. to the people. Balls to everyone. Uh, Joel's saying it's a good charming film uh, it's got some good special effects it's a laugh it's funny in spite of itself and it should be judged as when you were when you watched it as a kid and you loved He-Man and you know and it made you happy that's uh, that's you know seemed to sum up a fair bit of Joel, what Joel said there what would you say to that? I'd say the um, people have fond memories of when they were a kid uh, sitting outside in the garden eating soil, but it doesn't mean that it was any, any good for them. And uh, well, uh, if you have fond memories of eating soil, mate, then maybe you shouldn't be judging. This All film. I'm going to say, Joel, is that was a really great argument. I, I seem to remember it better last week when it came out of my mouth. So, um, well, yeah, mate, oh, come on, right? Let's let's be honest here. That film is a warm pile of horse piss. Not a pile, a frozen pile of horse piss. <laughs> it's it is it is bad. It is bad, and the thing is, is it's not even like Super Mario bad. 
Uh, it's better than Super Mario. <laughs> but exactly. Let, let's leave Super Mario out of it. We're judging this film whether it's a hit or a shit film. <laughs> so, so with with Super Mario, they had the uh, just going to ignore yeah, it. Just there. ignore that. Ignore. <laughs> um, they 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 had to create a film out of a no existing storyline. Now with He Man, they had you know essentially it was based on the toys, but they also had the cartoon there as well, which they completely ignored. And as you said, you know, I mean. You, you, you're going to watch a He-Man film. He-Man is set in like the far corners of the universe. Uh, you know, it's it's you know they've got all these fantastic, um, mis- mystical places. You know, kind of thinking, oh, I wonder where the Masters of the Universe film is going to take place. It's got even Masters of the Universe in the title. Where is it going to take place? Oh, it's Jersey. Okay, of all the glamorous locations they could think of filming, it was Jersey. Now the story itself is completely nonsensical. I mean. It's about uh, Skeletor. He's uh, kind of trying to, to take control of Castle Grayskull, which sits at the middle of the universe. Whoever controls the castle has the power, so he is imprisoned. Are you sure you haven't got this mixed up with uh, the money supermarket? I, <laughs> <laughs> I would rather watch that for two hours than this man, to be honest. Um, so instead of, uh, I don't know, killing the sorceress, he decides to just keep her contained in a, in a, in a cell where she's going to slowly die over two days, so why not just kill her anyway? Uh, then uh, kind of He's, he's also got a key that can allow him to travel to different parts of the universe. He-Man bumps into um, the, the dwarf character, I can't remember his name, who uh, has another key, and then they try to rescue the sorceress, and they end up in Jersey, and then rather than Skeletor just saying, oh, just, just leave them, let's just you know continue taking control of the universe, they decide to go to Jersey then to steal the key when they've already got a key. You know, there's a lot of back and forth. It's very, very nonsensical. Uh, you know, the film film in itself is just it's it's filmed very very um it's it's quite dark when you're watching it not dark as in Zack Snyder it's dark as in it's been filmed through somebody's jumper it's you can't really <laughs> see what's happening the special effects are absolutely hideous Joel was saying before that it was a low budget film but no it's, it wasn't actually it was quite high budget at the time 1987 it was given 17 million dollars to work with which was quite a high budget at the time and it actually blew the budget by another 10 million because it spent a shitload of it on pointless special effects <laughs> like that hoverboard chase sequence which is in it for no reason whatsoever I don't I've got no idea why anybody thought that would be a thing there's not even any hoverboards in here man Anyway, the scene literally has no sense. Joel also said that the the soundtrack was the best thing about the film. Um, I agree the soundtrack was great. It was written by Bill Conti, uh, but it was probably best when it was released the first time around as the Superman soundtrack before Bill Conti essentially stole it for this. Um, (coughs) The costumes in themselves, my God, they're fucking terrible. I mean, the entire film, He-Man is just walking around in his bills. Like, that's his... He-Man wears. Yeah, but... Yeah. (laughs) Like... (laughs) me on that one. Got me. <laughs> but um, the, everybody else is set and they look like they've been borrowed from the trauma lot you know it's just very hokey very hokey things that look like they could have been slapped together in a primary school uh, hey. s- <laughs> Skeletor's outfit as well I mean I was a big fan of the He-Man cartoon when I was a kid looking back at Skeletor's outfit now what is going on it just looks like Frank Langella has face planted some cold mashed potato that does not look like a skeleton 
at all. And the thing is, is that these costumes are so bad that they actually restrict the performances of the cast. Uh, you know, I was talking about the costumes before and how the majority of the film is set in New Jersey. They could have just filmed it down Jersey Shore for the day. They probably would have found people that looked a lot scarier than whatever they could rumble up in the costume department. The direction was completely rudderless and similar to um, Super Mario Brothers, it was a first-time director as well. So once again, it just begs the question, why give a first-time director all this money and all this kind of power to direct something that's gonna you're hoping is going to be a big hitter but because it's just not going to go well you need somebody who has got some sort of expertise under their belt but just talking about the actual film itself so filming in um filming in uh jersey was an absolute nightmare they overran by many, many days. Uh, there's a scene where there's a fire in a high school gym. Uh, that was actually real. They accidentally burned the high school gym down. Um, there was a scene where there was a gunfight and a car explodes. Uh, the car accidentally blew out the windows of all the nearby businesses. Uh, so the people of the town where they were filming absolutely hated them by the end of this. The filming was really painful to do because they had to essentially wait until all the shops had closed. Um, so they had to wait until about like midnight to actually start filming and then they had to film until five o'clock in the morning so all the actors hated it because they were just kind of without any sleep and the whole thing just it was just terrible i think they had to close production uh, on the very last day they were just like right we can't we haven't even got enough time to finish the fight final fight sequence so they ended the film there and then the director had to beg um dolph lundgren and frank langella to basically go to an unknown location for just like two days just to film the final fight sequence so they could get it out and that's why it looks so terrible the choreography is a mess the special effects are awful everything about this film is just fucking woeful okay uh quite quite strong opinions there dave i really do need you to weigh in on this one uh like both, both seem to agree that obviously it, by today's standards it's not a classic film you know it's not never going to be seen as a really good action film but Joel's saying it's got nostalgia 80s value especially if you remember He-Man as a child Gav's saying actually it ignored the cartoon uh, it's set in Jersey of all places considering you know about it's uh, you know it could be anywhere it's far-fetched and nonsensical it's got a stolen soundtrack uh, they both disagree on the special effects. Joel says there's good special effects. Gav says the special effects were awful. Bad costumes. <coughs> uh, terrible direction, awful production. Uh, but Joel still says it's fun and balls to everyone like Gav. Uh, <laughs> balls to the people. Balls to the people. Uh, <laughs> also, I kind of want to know your opinion on Frank Langella because I'm sort of surprised to hear his name mentioned with all the other stuff going on. Yeah. So, Dave, uh, would you like care to wade in on any of yeah, those points? Yeah, I've got to start by saying I strongly disagree with something Gav said right at the start of the podcast where he said this was recommended by one of our friends. I don't think a friend would make you watch this. <laughs> it's, it's pretty painful to watch, to be honest. With this, I'm with Gav on most of it. Um, it's not a good film. I, don't, I think Joel admits that himself. It's, it's a particularly woeful effort, to be honest with you. Gary uh, Goddard directed this. This is his only uh, motion picture, I believe. This is his only feature film that he was allowed to do, basically. <laughs> so um, I think that speaks volumes in itself. You asked me about Frank Langella actually not bad he outacts everybody else that appears on camera at some point during this film comfortably he's, he's a great actor he really is but gav's right he is severely hindered by this mass of latex that is glued to his face he still manages to, the voice is there he really does get the, the uh, a good performance doing his voice but facially it's all been taken away from him not his fault 
but uh, circumstances took it from him. Dave, at any point during the film, did you think you were watching a plate of mashed potato? Uh, I will now, if that helps. <laughs> at which point did you? Every time Frank Langella came on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I disagree, though, with the soundtrack being stolen. Oh, yeah, to be honest, right, I'm, I apologise to uh, to Conti. Um, it plagiarises heavily, but yeah, it's, not, it it's not actually stolen. It's not actually no, stolen. No. It is still a fresh soundtrack, and Joel's right, the soundtrack is actually very good. Yeah, I do, um, do apologise. It, 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 it has similarities to the Supermodel. You could call plagiarism on it quite uh, Request, to throw, request to throw prosecution's <laughs> argument. All of um, I'm actually with Joel on the costumes. Makeup, no. Makeup is poor. Costumes, not bad for what they are. I mean, uh, the, the rest of Skeletor's costume's quite good. Joel's right, production design, well, the, no. Okay, production design wasn't great. Skeletor's lair is pretty good. That is a well-designed yeah, set. Yeah, Joel was saying the set was amazing. That's so. about where it ends, production design-wise, I have to say. Um, so where were we? The special effects, uh, I'm sorry, I'm with Gav on this one. They are ropey at best. Even by 1987 standards, those special effects are poor. And the annoying thing is, like Gav says, a fair bit of money got thrown at these special effects, and it just did not deliver on okay. the night with regret. Any, anything else I can clarify? For? Uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> my main thing is, Joel's main argument seems to be that, you know, this is a fun film, and if you liked He-Man. Uh, so would it be something you would want to watch again? Like, if we all just got round and, you know, maybe Does give it a little ask time? ask you this, Dave. As a kid, <laughs> when you watched He-Man, did you enjoy it? Yes. Okay. Honest answer, yeah. I that is interesting. Um, would I watch it again now that I watched it just a couple of days ago in preparation for this? No. No. no, I wouldn't. Um, I, I'm, I'm easy to please. There's not a lot that I ask of certain films, and especially when I see a film like this, it's like this is just an 80s blockbuster action film. I, all I ask is to be entertained. And as an adult, I wasn't. Okay. I was actually bored watching it. As a kid, yes, I was entertained, I'll admit that, but as an adult, no. You've said enough, mate. You can screw up. <laughs> no, right. I, 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 okay, I was, was going to support something you said. Gap. I was going to support something you said. Actually, I was going to say, as a kid, I loved this film as well. I used to rent it from the video shop all the time. But I was a kid, you man. I didn't you know any. Tell. I didn't know any better. I didn't know any better. If an adult in nineteen eighty seven. By the way, can I just say, Gav clearly does not know any better now. If you if, 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 if ever watched a film with him, he does not does know any better. Eat dirt outside of that. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, maybe He Man and Masters of the Universe shaped my childhood so much that that's why I love terrible films. <laughs> and walk around in your underpants. Yeah. <laughs> that is pretty damning. Right, and I'm going to move this along now. Uh, now it's time for Gav. Do you have your point you would like to make about He-Man and Masters of the Universe? Yes, well, uh, it's good that you brought up Frank Langella's performance because my point is going to be talking about the cast and characters within the film. Um, brief synopsis here, they're all bad. Um, <laughs> so, no, no. To, be, to give Frank Langella credit, he does give an alright performance. Uh, the, the, the reason I'm not saying it's good is because it's heavily restricted by all the makeup that he's wearing. It's it, it's it just seems too much to be honest. I think they could have achieved that in a, in another way. Um, I think Meg Foster, who plays Evil Lynn, uh, gives a great performance. By the way, Evil Lynn, a sort of uh, character name in itself, is just terrible. Uh, <laughs> she's never going to get away with it. There's a scene actually where it's a quill door, is it? 
Uh, the dwarf, yeah, yeah. Gwildor. But Gwildor says something like he was tricked by Evil Lynn. He's like, well, their name's Evil Lynn, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> what do you think's going to happen? I thought it was Evelyn. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, then moving on to the rest of the cast, I'll go down from, um, I don't know, who's best to worst, uh, Courtney Cox. She isn't terrible. Um, it's her first uh, acting role, but that's about it, really. Uh, the guy who plays Kevin, I can't remember his name, he was pretty annoying throughout, but, you know, he did an all right job. Um, Billy Barty, he was really fucking annoying, um, but, you know, he did what was asked of him. Then Man at Arms, anonymous, really. Uh, you know, I mean, I even forgot he was in the film. Um, then whoever played Teela, she tried. She did try her best. But she was just unemotive to the point of it could have just been a cardboard cut out of a woman. And then, uh, you know, we've got some good performances in there or some all right performances, I should say. You know, there's Christina Pickles as the sorceress. And then there's James Tolkien, um, who was the detective, who I think um, did a really good job. However, even if every single one of the subordinate cast would have been Oscar worthy hitters, they would have been overshadowed by the giant Swedish elephant in the room that is Dolph Lundgren's performance, which was painful to watch. Now, the funny thing about this film is that it is Dolph Lundgren's first big main screen role uh, as a lead, I should say, because he had done Rocky uh, 4 beforehand, but he didn't really have that much dialogue within Rocky 4. Within this, he had quite a substantial amount of dialogue. Uh, now, he didn't handle it very well at all. Every time he went to open his mouth, he looked afraid. Um, the, uh, he, the worst times, I think, were the times he was trying to express any sort of emotion, um, which he struggled with a lot, to be honest. And it's funny because the director was so dissatisfied with his performance that he asked Dov Lundgren to go back and re-record everything. Well, no, sorry, I had to tell a lie. What he wanted to do was hire an American actor to record over all of Dolph Lundgren's lines because he wasn't satisfied with how, how he basically performed. But then he discovered that Dolph Lundgren had written something into his contract which said that before that it was to happen, Dolph Lundgren was allowed to try and record all of his dialogue from beginning to end three times. And if the director was still dissatisfied, then they could go... A, but the fact of the matter is that that would have taken months. So the director just said, oh, fuck it. Let's just put it out there. <laughs> I mean, the, the best performance in the entire thing is probably, probably goes to Dolph Lundgren's cape, which, um, to be honest, it looks like it's about to fall off for all of the film, but still stays on his shoulders. So, I mean, I'm going to give the best performance to the cape. I think apart from that, everything is terrible. I just, every time I see that cop piece on the, on the screen, Dolph Lundgren running around in his bills, man, it's just, it's just distracting. And <laughs> I know, I know I hear that. Uh, bills is a word for underwear for anybody not from Liverpool. <laughs> so, um, I, I know Joel said that we can't compare it to today. And I think it is quite difficult because I was, was watching it and I was thinking while I was watching it of, of Thor, which is something quite similar. It's about a kind of big, bulky, blonde haired sort of man or God or whatever from an otherworldly place who kind of travels between dimensions and time. Uh, now, I think about Chris Hemsworth performance as Thor and there's a lot of charm to it. There's a lot of comedy. There's the action. He's got everything essentially. While Dolph Lundgren essentially could be played by a giant piece of wood and 
they would probably would have outperformed them. The tan would have been about the same. <laughs> so that's it. Thanks. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to sum up Gav's points there, which was just every actor was shit in in, in this film. I think that Gav, any any is that fair? No, no, no. Most of them were bad. Uh, Dolph Lundgren was was terrible. Uh, first film role, so you can kind of let him off. And the performances that were good. Um, they were they they were restricted in a way by by other things like props or okay. by other actors or by how terrible the film was. Okay, uh, Joel, would you like to come back on any of those points? Yeah, to be honest, I think some of the performances, again, like the soundcast, are well, some of the best things about the film. I mean, Dolph Lundgren he is absolute like terrible. He's bottom of the barrel poor. But he does look like He-Man, if you look at him. And, like, he's got the hair, he's got the physique. And while it's not everything, you know, as a kid, you don't notice his performance. You just know that he looks like He-Man, and, and he absolutely does. Um, Frank Langella, you know, Gav said he's probably one of the best things about the film. Like, he, he really does give a, a pretty good performance as Skeletor. You know, like, the the uh, the makeup and all that type of thing and his costumes, obviously not very good. But as, like, the character, he is pretty Skeletor-like. And then there's a few other uh, good performances as well. James James Tolkien, who's like the cop, um, he's very, very good. Uh, Billy Barty as the kind of gnome or dwarf, whatever the hell he's meant to be, he is actually very, very good as well. Um, it's just the script, to be honest, that messes it up majorly for them. But some of the performances are actually not that bad. Um, the rest of them are pretty nondescript, but I would say most of the main characters, Dolph aside... And maybe like um, Courtney Cox are, are pretty decent. I actually feel and suck on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so while Gav does that, J- uh, <laughs> uh, Dave, can you jump in? Um, how do you think the casting characters did? Yeah, I think um, I think Gav's been a bit unfair calling Frank Langella only all right. I think he, he definitely gives the best performance out of everyone here. <laughs> And, you know, I'd, I'd go as far to say it's a good performance. It, what it would have been if he didn't have two inches of latex plastered across, across his face, we can only imagine. Right. The voice he nails, the, the, he acts with his voice because he must realise he's not going to be able to emote anything with his face. And he does a decent job, I'd say. But he's one of the few people that do. Uh, Corny Cox, like Gav says, give her, a, give her a break. It is her first film role. How old is she at this point? Uh, you know, I don't know. I think I she know. was early 20s. Yeah. It is her first film role. And she's not terrible, but she's not particularly good either. James Tolkien actually was pretty good. I disagree that Billy Barty was all right. I think he actually was very poor in this film. Um, no, I said he was very, very fucking annoying. He's very annoying. I think he was... I go as far as say he was poor. And I'm not the only person who thought it. He did get in topic with the news, a Golden Raspberry nomination for this very film. Really? Yeah, so a lot of people um, must have found him just as annoying as Gav did. Um, Christina Pickles, she's not in it very much, but she does give a decent performance of what time she's got. And I have to say, Dolph Lundgren, it's, it's a catastrophe. It's an honest-to-God catastrophe. It's one of the worst things you see. You wouldn't have thought, looking at Dolph Lundgren films now, you wouldn't have believed that's an improvement on what he was. He has improved over the last few years. The man can... He, he looks like Laurence Olivier now compared to this. So it's... Uh, it, it, it was... Uh, he could only go up. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I, I, I just like to add that everything's terrible. Everything. <laughs> okay. It's a bit unfair. <laughs> <laughs> a bit. Though. Right. Um, okay. Dave, so I'm going to now bring it to David. So any other points you'd like to bring up yourself? 
Um, I'm going to call for final arguments now. Nope, I've had the chance to say everything I wanted to say about it. I'll leave it to the guys to, to duke this one out. Super. Okay, so I'm now going to ask, uh, I think Joel went first the first time, so I'm going to ask Gav. Uh, you have 60 seconds to make your final argument. Uh, your 60 seconds starts now. Uh, Joel's looking at this film through the nostalgic idiot eyes of a child. Um, so essentially you've got to look at it as an adult in 1987, as a giant steaming pile of shit that it was. It is a woeful film with a terrible script. Uh, everything about it is bad. The special effects, the costume and the acting are all poor. It is just a horrible film. And even watching it today, by today's standards, it, it makes it even worse because you think of the other films that came out in 19, 1987 that were a hell of a lot better than it. But I mean, I, I can't. I can't even describe how awful this film is. Just go and watch it, please, and then please tell me that you agree with me because there's no way that you won't be able to. Thank you very much. Lovely stuff. Okay, Joel, are you ready? Yep. Your minute starts now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I'm doing describing a movie made for children, thinking about it, watching it as a child. I was just completely out of order. But it, it has, it's got 80s nostalgia. It's, it's a fun film if you like He-Man as a kid. If you watch it now, you probably won't enjoy it. But at the same time, if you get yourself really, really drunk... Go on, like, uh, uh, a, a bad film marathon which I know certain people in this room actually enjoy doing then you will actually enjoy yourself and I don't care if you don't like it just watch it anyway In- interesting okay uh, well I'll, I'll deliberate a little bit Gav are you going to do a quiz while I'm deliberating or should I go yes, straight into it I will do a quiz uh, and the song I've picked for this is uh, what a man what a man what a man what a man oh, he's man <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this quiz is called, uh, it's, it's all about, uh, so, sorry, I should say, uh, Masters of the Universe was a film that was based, essentially, on a toy. So this quiz is all about <laughs> films that are going to be released, or are proposed to be released, that, uh, or have been released, I should say, that are based on toys or board games. In a quiz mm. I like to call Toy Meets Ted. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> so just a quick true or false. I'm going to list eight films here, and you've got to tell me if they are in the works or if they've been made. So they're going to be uh, essentially toys. And if they, I'm going to list eight toys, and you've got to tell me if they've been made into a film or not. Okay. So the first one is Beyblade. True or false? Uh, true. That's true. I've seen an advert for that. I'm pretty sure that's yeah, true. Yeah, that feels that feels right. Beyblade's true. I think it's true as well. Is it out already? Oh, I've got no idea. I don't think it's out, but it is true. Well done, guys. Uh, so Paramount bought it up so they could put it alongside their other piles of shite, uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers, <laughs> and they were supposed to release it to coincide with the new toy range that came out last year. So it probably did come out, but I missed it. Okay, number two, Mousetrap. Uh, uh, false. But that's the Lee Evans one, isn't it? No, that's that's Mouse, that's Mouse Hunt. Hunt. Oh, is it? Um, and there's an Agatha Christie, but I don't. Think Mouse Trap is defo a game, isn't it? It's that board game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Did you not remember the bit where Lee Evans got catapulted in a diver's <laughs> costume into a pilot <laughs> and they brought a basket down a on Nathan basket. Lane? <laughs> Could have happened. Uh, I'll go to true. I don't. I have no recollection of this. I'm going to say false. I'm going to say true. True. 
It is false. Well done. Well done, Dave. And Lucy. Right, okay, so number three. Uh, so, oh, by the way, Dave, the, um, some of them have happened and some of them are in the works. So okay, the, okay. Uh, so number three, hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> true or false? Uh, I want it to be true, so I'm going to say true because I want it to happen. True, uh, true. I agree with Alex. I want this to be a film. I'm going <laughs> to say yes. True. I'm going to say false. False. It's true. <laughs> it was part of a package deal that Universal bought out alongside um, the rights to Monopoly, which we discussed last week. Oh, yeah. uh, but it was bought back in 2012 um, by Emmett Fairler Productions. So, fingers crossed. Okay. What's in the pipeline? Uh, number four, Stretch Armstrong. True or false? I feel like that should be true. I feel like out of all of them, this is probably the most feasible. So, I'm going to go with true. The tricky quizzer, quizmaster. Mm, I I have no recollection of it, and it's an obsolete toy now. No one, no one plays with stretch arms. So I'm going to say false. Yeah, false, false. I like your reasoning, Dave, but it's true. Oh. Was Hulk Hogan involved? Uh, no, but I wish. <laughs> uh, 2008 script written by Nick Stoller, who uh, wrote Bad Neighbors, uh, and it's apparently it's going to be starring Taylor uh, Lautner. Wow. wow! Really? Yeah. So, can't wait for that Watch one. That yeah, that's a good yeah, one. That's got Oscars written all over it. <laughs> hey, number five: Tamagotchi the movie. True or false? Uh, <laughs> I'd say true. False. Yeah, I'm going to say false. I'm saying false. It's true. Oh, really? It's already been made. It's a 2007 Japanese animated film. Wow! Wow! At uh, number six: Etch a Sketch. True or false? <laughs> false. <laughs> <laughs> false apart from the funny but false <laughs> unless it's up for like best animated short at the Oscars I'm, I'm going to say false I'm going to say true I'm sorry as it oh. is false sorry <laughs> just fucking with you uh, and no, number seven the garbage patch kids true or false I don't even know the, the I'm going to say true because kids. I've never heard of that so I didn't, I didn't know they were a the cabbage patch kids oh yeah sorry the cabbage patch kids the garbage and the cabbage <laughs> the garbage pale kids which <laughs> cabbage um, I'm going to say true then I'm going to go with false um, if it's the Garbage Pail Kids, I'm going to say true. If it's the Cabbage Patch Kids, I'm going to say false. <laughs> I'm going to say true. True. Yeah, Dave's on to me there. I read out the wrong thing. So, <laughs> garbage Pail Kids uh, was made from the Cabbage Patch Kids, essentially. So, oh, right, okay. Right, uh, yeah, so I fucked that up. Anyway, number eight, uh, Battleships. Uh, that is true. We talked about this yeah, already, but true. Uh, one with Rihanna in Rihanna, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've seen it. It's true. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, screw us then. That's the end of the quiz. Thank you very much for nothing. <laughs> What's Battleship like out of interest? Uh, terrible. Really? Absolutely god-awful terrible. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Alex, do you have a bit of trivia for the film? Yes, I did. Uh, my trivia is... Um, so Meg Foster played... Evil Lynn, is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and apparently, um, she was always told, wow, you know, your contact lenses, how do you wow. get in and stuff like that, you know, your eyes. But she, her eyes are actually that colour, like, naturally. And she said she got quite a lot of work simply because she was, like, an actress that already had a special effect come free, basically. So, yeah, it's not a special effect. Yeah, yeah, she's in there, they live. What I normally like about um, Alex's trivia is Dave normally says it anyway, just because he knows it. <laughs> or, 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 or you say it slightly wrong and Dave goes, no. <laughs> I've actually got a bit of trivia about this film as well. Uh, so, 
um, Hasbro, the toy company that make He-Man, ran a, co- um, a competition which offered a child the chance to be in the film, uh, but they ran it a bit too late, so that by the time the child actually won the competition, they'd already filmed all of the scenes on Earth, so when it came to filming all of the scenes in Castle Grayskull, they were like, how the hell are we going to get a child in Castle Grayskull? <laughs> it's going to look a bit, <laughs> a bit weird that you know, you've got all the uh, Skeletor stormtroopers walking amongst them, and then this little kid runs across. <laughs> so, um, they were kind of frantically thinking about what they could do. So there's this weird scene in the film where Skeletor comes back from a, a day out of the shops or whatever, and he, he's walking up the stairs, and this little pig pig boy gives him a staff, and basically what they did is they just put a pig's face on the boy. Handed <laughs> <laughs> the staff. Yeah, handed the staff, and he's credited in the credits as pig boy. Oh, well, fair play to him. Okay. Um... Right, okay. Uh, I'm now ready to do my judgment. Uh, I think this film, it sort of comes down to a similar place we're at with Super Mario Brothers, which is, uh, you know, should you judge it at the time it was watched, you know, and and for the audience it was meant for, for children. And when I was thinking about a lot of what Joel was saying, I was thinking, you know, what films did I really like as a kid and that I like now? And I think... Like, when you think back, yeah, I did used to love some films, but look, you know, when I watch them now, they are absolutely rubbish. But in my opinion, that means they were rubbish films. I think kids do sometimes. I'm not sure if kids have a best critical faculty. It doesn't, you know, it does them no harm. They love things. You know, that's a lovely thing. But, you know, you think of Jurassic Park. I loved that as a kid and I loved that as an adult. It's an absolutely classic film. And I think things do have to stand the test of time. So I think to no one's surprise, (laughs) Masters of the Universe is on the shit list. Okay, so I'd say sorry, Joel, but I don't think you're that bothered. I mean, it's kind of like charity for Gav. It's the only way you can get a win. (laughs) (laughs) He had to just pick it up. I'm doing air quotes here. Pick it out the hat, and he was. This was picked out of the hat. The amount of times we picked out the hat, and it's been like, oh god, I'm going against Joel, and I've got to defend something that's terrible or prosecute something that's really loved. It is about time. Yeah, it's about time. The tides have turned, mate. Anyway, right, so I'm getting a, a bit angry here. Um, so, genuine opinions, Joel, you're not, not, nobody's asked essentially. Obviously, we haven't spoken to you. Yeah, <laughs> Again, this is thanks a, for a listening, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's another one of those films that changed my life. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen it, never, never watched it. Yeah, all. me neither. Yeah. I think I was, I, was, I was glad when I was judging. Jo, Joel, but I mean, did you, really, you did love it as a child? Yeah, I mean, genuinely, as a child, I must have watched it like 10 or 20 times. I watched it a lot. So was it painful watching it as an adult? <clears throat> I mean, it is shit. There's no denying that. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, sometimes, you know, when you watch a film as an adult that you loved as a child, you're like, oh, why did I, did I watch this as a child? But yeah. obviously, you, your brain is just wired differently as a kid. Um and yeah, you know, I don't know. Did, what did to it say. have any nostalgia value? Or is it just it has sort got of... it, it has got a lot of eighties nostalgia in it. Like yeah. what I said at the very start of my argument about the fact that <laughs> when films are shit and they were made in the eighties, they do have this kind of like charm to them. Yeah. Whereas now they just don't. They're no, just they like don't. Ultra garbage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think He Man does have like a little bit of charm, but it is an absolute garbage film. And I do think that it is better than Super Mario Brothers. I think <laughs> Super Mario Brothers <laughs> is just 
plain, plain. That, 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 that's such shit. faint praise. But, <laughs> but He-Man the, is is a step above. I, yeah, I, I would agree with you that He-Man is a better film than um, Super Mario Brothers, as in like a film that you could watch if you needed to watch a, a film for watching a film's purpose. <laughs> if I was locked in a room, would you rather? But, yeah, yeah, if I was locked in a room and I had to choose between Masters of the Universe and Super Mario Brothers, I would choose to watch Masters of the Universe. What about Masters of the Universe and you have to piss yourself? <laughs> Still, I think it's in the lead. <laughs> but if I wanted to watch a film for laughs, I'd probably pick Super Mario Brothers over Masters of the Universe because I don't think I, I even laughed when I was watching Masters of the Universe. Okay. does sound pretty funny, though. Okay, I kind of do a little bit when I watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's available on uh, YouTube, uh, so check it out. Uh, anyway, legitimately available on YouTube, <laughs> or very Ill- 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 illegally available on YouTube. Yeah, sh- sh- why should I not be pointing people in the direction? Of that? I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. No, no, I'm not sure. It. I think it's a grey area. <laughs> I'm not but sure maybe the producers not, are he-man going to listen, but. Okay, right, so um, what we're going to do is uh, check out the old IMDb score. What do you guys reckon? Or for He-Man. Yep. Jesus. What was Ooh. what was Mario? Can well, anyone uh, well, that's what we're gonna do. It was like four, right. First off, should we say four, is it gonna be wow. is it gonna be better or worse than Mario? Mm. Higher or lower? I higher. Think higher. Everyone. I think lower, just because I reckon, like Gav said, people like to laugh at Mario. I, yeah, I, I reckon it's got less of a cult following. No, I think, than Mario. I think fan, and I think there'd be more because fans would absolutely fans of Mario would hate Super Mario Brothers the film, whereas fans okay, of yeah, Man yeah. might like this a bit more from a sounds thing. So. And we say it's higher than Super Mario Brothers. Brucey, I like your reasoning. You're correct. Ooh. So Super Mario Brothers was four and He-Man was 5.4. Wow. There you go. That's actually not bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not terrible, is it? All considered. Yeah, all considered how absolutely terrible it was. So maybe you didn't do the right thing, Brucey. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm wrecked with guilt now. Okay, so moving on to our caption contest. Once again, I have taken a still from the film. This one is, uh, Gu- Gu- uh, I've forgotten his name again. Gwildor. Gwildor, yeah, Gwildor. So there's this bizarre scene where, I don't know, he, he fucking goes off and he comes back and he's wearing a, a load of um, stuff. Like he's wearing a woman's hat and a pair of um, Elton John sunglasses and a, and a, f- um, a mink around his neck. He, he, I think it's supposed to be funny I, I don't know though Anyway So I've taken that still And I've asked our Twitterverse To provide captions And I've got a few here Once again guys You have to judge Which is the funniest And the winner Could win themselves A lovely chocolatey Freddo treat Okay you Ready guys uh, Number one what tourists would look like if Hawaii was nuked this week. Oh, oh. oh. Like, I like the darkness, but Jesus, that is very dark. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right, uh, is that from the real Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> Number two, be honest. Do these glasses make me look fat? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, and number three is living in a material world. <laughs> I have a material girl. I'm gonna. Uh, go I, I give it to that one. Uh, uh, number <laughs> my, one. My was vote's with the nuke. To be honest, the nuke. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, I think right. you get it. Uh, well, well done, thirty-something um, podcast. You have won yourselves a Freddo. Didn't they get a, po- a Freddo a few podcasts to go as well? Uh, yeah, I don't think they uh, claimed it either. So oh, that's all right then. <laughs> you got two Freddos coming your way if you're getting back in touch with us if not then uh, I suppose you can have them if you want Austin yes okay so um, thank you very much as this uh, trial has been um, commencing we have drawn next week's film out of the hat at random once again and it is A Bronx Tale mm. Mm. yeah so mm. this is another one that was uh, suggested by one of our friends 
Um, so we've also pulled the roles out of the hat at random. So in the role of judge, it's going to be Joel. And in the role of defense, it's going to be Dave. In the role of prosecution, it's Alex. And I will be playing the role of character witness. So before we go, I just want to say thank you very much to everybody who has listened to our show so far. We really, really do appreciate all the support that we've been getting. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, at Film Trials. Uh, why not suggest some films for us to review? We will take them and put them in the hat. We've only got a few suggestions left, so we're probably going to have to add a lot more sooner rather than later. So if you please would send us some requests be greatly appreciated uh, give us a like a share and a subscribe you can also follow us on facebook and instagram and youtube as well also while you're on twitter check out our good friends austin ray and winston sang at aussie ray and at the underscore quirks uh, respectively uh yeah check them out because they're really good uh, especially winston who provides us with hilarious artwork every week austin does fuck all essentially apart from sort out all of the sound problems that we have every single week but you know you screw him uh, <laughs> anyway so thank you very much for listening once again guys and we will be in your ears next week with a Bronx tale thank you very much goodbye uh-huh.